Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Symantec, a global leader in infrastructure software, enabling businesses and consumers to have confidence in a connected world. I'm your studio host, Wendell Davis, and this is part two of our three-part podcast on volume two of the Symantec IT Risk Management Report. In this segment, our interview with Darren Thompson and Jeremy Ward continues as we talk more about the detailed findings of the report and cover the four myths of IT risk management. So gentlemen, I'd like to uh, take some time now and dive a little bit deeper into the report and talk about the detailed findings. Um, most importantly, I'd like to spend some time talking about the four myths that you've identified in the uh, report. Um, let's start with the myth number one, IT risk equals security. Uh, Jeremy, why do you think that IT risk isn't just about security anymore? The general perception is that when they think about IT risk, that security is the first thing that they, that, that they think about. So it it's a sort of idea that people have in the back of their minds. But, of course, what the report actually showed was that, in reality, when they think about it, people actually assess that um, other aspects of risk are just as important or even more important. And, indeed, the number one rated risk um, in the uh, report is, in fact, availability risk. We... Uh, in semantic, divide the risks into security, availability, uh, performance, uh, and compliance-type risks. And in fact, although the lowest-rated risk was in fact performance, actually, in terms of uh, you know overall uh, stuff, only about 15 percentage points separated um, availability, which was the highest, then security, which is the next highest and then um, compliance and, uh, and performance. So only 15 percentage points in it. So actually people's perceptions in reality um, is, you know, that there's a fairly even balance in terms of thinking about IT, IT risk. But, I mean, I think, uh, you know, security is important, but uh, I think it's important to realize that other things are important too. And that certainly... Um, you know, the, the, the risk report shows that, that that is being borne out by, by what people now believe. So let me ask you guys this then. Do these findings say anything about how businesses can organize themselves better to manage IT risk? So there are a number of findings in the report, and some of them direct, some of them slightly more indirect, but that tie neatly to some of the work we've been doing out there in the field uh, via consulting, etc. cetera, uh, that give us some clues, really, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, we don't think this is a science yet. You know, um, there's a lot of maturing that needs to go on in IT risk management for people to be absolutely sure about the right way to go. And I suspect that even when we get to that point in time, um, it's going to be different for every organisation, depending on their culture and the nature of the organisation, etc. Um, but certainly, there are a couple of um, <clears throat> a couple of things that we've we've observed um, via the report and via some of our work in the field. Uh, the, the first is that in order to build this, this idea of a comprehensive risk management program, you, you probably need a very senior executive to head that part of the organisation up. So, so one of the very first things that some organisations are starting to do now, uh, and we would certainly advocate this approach, is, is the recruitment of what I'll call an IT risk officer. It may, may, may come by a different name. Um, but the idea of the IT risk officer is that person would typically be a senior executive, probably a VP, uh, possibly a member of the board of directors, so they had the right sort 
sort of sphere of influence and, and right gravitas um, to carry out that role. Um, and that person is absolutely not a CISO. So uh, the CISO would continue um, concerning themselves with security. There would probably be a disaster recovery planner of some kind looking after availability type risks. Uh, there may be a compliance office, etc. And the idea is that those organisations would potentially feed into the IT risk officer who would be in charge of the general IT risk management um, strategy and, and the governance processes that support that strategy. So that's a trend that we're starting to see occur. Um, some of the data in the report definitely supports that people are thinking in that way. Um, and, and that's definitely a, an approach we would advocate. Um, the other thing that the report is, is made clear to us is that um, industry best practices such as ISIL and COVID, the 17799, are, are increasingly becoming a part of people's um, IT operations, and people are starting to rely on those best practices. Um, our belief is that no one of those best practices either is going to solve the risk management problem, but that um, in many cases, a, a synthesis, if you like, of those uh, will. Uh, and so, so very often, um, an organisation that's properly assessed its risk will find that if it, if it takes the bits of ITIL and the bits of COVID and the bits of 17799 that are required um, for it to achieve its IT risk management strategy, then that is a, a, a sensible approach. And then the, the, last, the last thing I was going to say, and Jeremy may want to add to, to these comments, is um, we're definitely via the report this year seeing um, a, a, a very poor take up on the idea of educating people properly around this, this subject area. So. Um, as we'll discuss probably later in the interview, we, we do find that it's, it's human error and lack of process and, and those sorts of things that cause a lot of IT problems. Um, and many organisations are still ignoring the education problem. Um, mm. And, and my, my view certainly here is that you can, you can invent the best policy in the world and you can buy the cleverest technology in the world, but if your users of IT and your IT administrators are, are not IT risk aware and have not been educated um, on the on the dangers of IT risk across those four categories that we mentioned, then it's very likely that you're still going to have big problems. So we think that education is a, is a good place to start as well on this. Jeremy, are there some best practices that organizations should be focusing on in order to take a, a more holistic approach to managing IT risk? Yeah, well, I think Darren's probably touched on, on, on most of them already, in fact. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd certainly, uh, I'd certainly agree with him about um, training and awareness. Um, I always say to people, you know, uh, if somebody says to me, "Can you build me a secure system?" Sure, I can build you a secure system. You just don't let anyone use it. Um, you know, the the biggest uh, risk uh, is the thing that sits on the chair in front of the screen, basically. So um, when we're talking about you know, good practices for, for, for IT risk management, training and awareness is, is really one of the most cost-effective things that you can do. Um, Darren mentioned, you know, that there are standards out there like COBIT, uh, like ITIL, the IT Infrastructure Library, um, like um, the uh, ISO standards for Information Security Management Systems, which is uh, 27002. Um, so there are lots of, of standards out there. We like to look at those as sort of catalogs of good practice. I prefer the term good practice to, to best practice since, you know, what is best? Uh, you know, what is best is, is something that works for you. Um, so these are good practices. But, you know, 
you don't have to follow them slavishly. Uh, I think what what we say to people is, look, you know, take some of these uh, these catalogs, these standards, uh, look at them, look at how you can apply them to your organization, look at how you can adapt them to your organization, look at how you can bring them into your organization in the way that is most effective for your organization. So, you know, training and awareness is obviously something that you've got to make. You've got to make it yours in your organization. It's no use taking somebody else's training program, training schedules, putting them into your organization. It's not going to work for you. You've got to take the concept. You've got to take the, the principles, uh, and you've got to apply them to you. You've got to make it yours. You've got to make it meaningful to you as an organization. So, um, you know, take these, these good practices that are out there. Uh, take the ones that are appropriate to you. Uh, use them. Use them in a joined-up way. Uh, use them in a meaningful way. And, and really that, I think, is, is going to be the, the, the beginning of wisdom for, for getting some of these anti-risk management problems sorted out. On the flip side of that same coin, uh, which do you think is the most neglected area of IT risk management and what makes it so important? Sure, yes. I, I mean, to me, um, you know, the, the whole sort of risk assessment and risk, risk management thing, uh, it's, it's a difficult area. And the most difficult area is really assessing your risk. And because it is so difficult, it does tend to be the thing that's most neglected. And, and we actually see this coming out in the report because the report clearly shows that one of the worst performing areas is uh, what we call inventory classification and, and management. Now, most people say, well, what do you mean by inventory classification and management? What relevance does that have to, to assessing and managing your risk? Well, I think, you know, if you think about it for... for uh, even a short term, you'll see that in order to, to assess the risk to your organization, you've got to know what assets you've got. Um, but more and above and beyond knowing what assets you've got in your organization, your IT and information assets, you've also got to know how important they are to your, your business. So that is really the classification bit of it. That's what we mean by classification. We don't just mean, you know, whether you're saying something top secret or, or restricted or whatever. What we're saying is, by classification, what we mean is how important is it classified to your business, to the operation of your business. So if something is really, really important, if there is an asset, it could be a server, it could be an application, it could be a database, whatever, if that is really, really important to your business, then you need to know that because you need to know uh, that you've got to protect that asset. And if anything threatens that asset, if there's any vulnerability in that asset, is there any possibility of an impact on that asset, you've got to sort that out as a top priority, no matter what else you're doing. So, you know, the fact is that unless you start with asset inventory, so you know what you've got, you know what you've got on it, and classification, i.e. you know how important it is to your business as a business, then you are not really starting to do IT risk management effectively. And Darren, I'll ask you this last question uh, surrounding myth number one. Uh, does the report say anything about how organizations can improve their compliance? Yeah, I think there are, there are a couple of um, interesting pieces of data around compliance in the report. I mean, the, the first one we've already referred to, really, which is that 
Um, it's interesting that customers sort of agree with our philosophy and, and, and believe that compliance deserves its own risk category. Um, so, so when we ask people about uh, the types of risk they're interested in, um, 63% of the people that responded to our, to our survey this year um, actually specifically listed compliance. Uh, compliance risk as being the most significant to their organisation. So, so I think first of all that shows via the data um, that from last year there's, there's a huge um, sort of swing towards compliance as being you know one, certainly one of the most um, critical areas to focus on. Um, I think um, we, we we see out again out in the field we see a lot of um, compliance programs, compliance offices, compliance projects being handled as, as a silo. And, um, and again, this kind of harks back to the point I was making earlier about comprehensive programs of work as opposed to projects. Uh, I think we're, we're seeing um, out there in the field and via the data in the survey that um, compliance, again, needs to be part of this holistic program. So, so you, you can't really define appropriate compliance policy until you've spoken to the business about what needs to be achieved. You've written an IT strategy. Part of that IT strategy is an IT risk management strategy, and you have a governance in place that allows you then to take what the objectives are in that strategy and and and, and dictate and, and, and write appropriate policy, whether that be compliance or otherwise, uh, that lines directly with what the business requirement is. And, and I think compliance is an area that's um, particularly sensitive in that regard because it, but it, it is quite close to, to, to the business's heart uh, in a lot of cases. If you think about you know, some of the financial institutions out there, for example, um, it is a boardroom topic. Um, it is something the business has something to say about. And so it's certainly not something that should be a, you know, a siloed IT project. It's something that needs to be connected well to the business. And again, um, just, just linking back to some, something we've already said, um, the other key thing about compliance is, of course, education. So, again, as, as good as your compliance policy might be, if you haven't educated your IT users as to what those policies are and the perhaps the um, you know the, uh, the the outcome of not uh, complying with those policies, it's unlikely that you are going to be compliant. Not because you haven't tried, not because you haven't defined policy, not because you don't have a strategy, but because you haven't educated your users. So again, I think education comes through loud and clear as uh, something that should be a priority and, and on the forefront of a lot of people's minds. All right, gentlemen, I'll tell you what, let's move into myth number two, which is IT risk as a project. Uh, Jeremy, why don't we start with you? Why don't you explain to our listeners uh, what makes IT risk management more than just a, a one-time uh, sort of finite project? Well, Wendell, I've been an IT uh, project manager in, in my in my life, so uh, you know, the I know what an, uh, a project is, and a project is something that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Now, uh, the whole point about IT risk management, of course, that it is that it, it may have a beginning, although it would be hard to pinpoint that beginning. Uh, it certainly may have a middle, but it it really really doesn't have an end. <laughs> Um, it's not something that you're going to be able to, to, to stop doing. So it's an ongoing and iterative process. And, and frankly, the, the reason why it's an ongoing uh, and iterative process is because um, what you're trying to do is to, to, to stop things, the incidents and things that are happening to you. So the, the risk management report um, 
And we're talking about is showing that 60% of the people who, who responded to the report thought that they were going to have some sort of IT incident about once a month or more. Um, in fact, uh, 2% of them thought they were going to have something every day, which is, is, is probably more realistic, actually. Uh, but, I mean, you know, above and beyond that, 62% thought that they were going to have a, a major IT um, incident uh, once a year or more. Uh, and 26% thought they were going to have a, a, a major regulatory non-compliance incident once a year or more. So when you're, you're dealing with these things, you're dealing with a constantly changing set of market conditions. You're dealing with a constantly changing um, environment in which you're working. You, you're, you're, your people are changing. Um, your business is changing. It's got to change and adapt. With all those things changing, you cannot afford just to say, right, we're going to start an IT risk management project here, and in six months' time, we're going to finish it. Because you've got to go on doing it. It's got to be an iterative, an ongoing process, a program rather than a project. So, Darren, with that said, how should organizations start the process of building a holistic IT risk program? I mean, I think the risk assessment is certainly, you know, item number one. There, there, there is uh, absolutely no way of making intelligent decisions about priorities, about expenditure uh, and investment, uh, etc., or, or indeed any of the important things that we've, we've talked about, such as education. There's, there's no point in starting really an education pro- program before you realise where your risks are and what type of risk you are uh, you're, you're exposed to. So, so I think a risk assessment is certainly the first step. Um, and and we, our experience is that, that that does not, although that seems quite scary because of the the breadth and the and, and the depth of the topic we're talking about here. Um, yeah, we think there are um, good ways of of creating fairly high level but meaningful risk assessment artifacts um, um, within an organisation, so that at least those first decisions can be made about priority, etc. And uh, and actually, Semantic Consulting are very well versed now at spending a number of weeks as opposed to months with organisations to, to get them to the point where they can at least start making those decisions. So I think Jeremy's right. I think risk, it starts with risk assessment. I, I would be, you know, personally, uh, if I was in an organisation that wanted to take IT risk management seriously, I'd be looking at assigning that responsibility that I talked about earlier uh, quite quite early on in the process. So um, you know, having somebody that's, that's going to um, maintain and control that, that holistic programme that we've been talking about um, possibly somebody at board level, certainly a, a VP, um, so that from the very beginning there is executive sponsorship for this, uh, there is board level um, ownership for it, and um, there is the right amount of um, sort of empowerment to allow whatever comes out of that risk assessment to go somewhere. Because uh, very often we see people assess their risks and then for the findings really to drop into a black hole and, and go nowhere, which is has really not, not not achieved anything. And then I guess the third thing I'd say, um, keep coming back to this really, but it's the education thing. I mean, as soon as you've got a fairly good understanding and interpretation of your risk landscape in your business, it's time to go and talk to people about that. Uh, And we must remember that the education process is not just about educating the bums on seats, uh, you know, in the office, the IT users. It's about educating everybody from the board down. Um, and so, you know, I've personally been involved in organisational um, sort of projects whereby uh, one of the very first steps is to, um, for example, present the outcome of an assessment to the board of directors so that 
we are immediately educating people that can make a difference in the company as to how they're exposed. So what would you consider to be some of the most important aspects of a successful IT risk management program? Well, I think, um, I think that Darren's touched on, um, on uh, some of them already. I think, you know, uh, board buy-in, I think, is absolutely critical if you're going to have a, 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 an effective program. Um, and I think, you know, Darren sort of mentioned this, but I mean, we, I, I, I've, I've spoken to customers where, where you get people who are working uh, in this area. They may not call themselves IT risk managers, but the, the situation is that, that, that they have all the responsibility and none of the power. Um, you know, they, they, they don't even have a, a specific earmark budget to do anything. Basically, what they have to do is they have to go cap in hand to uh, a whole group of people across the organization asking for their cooperation, asking them to help them by supplying resources and so on. And the, 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 the problem there is that unless they have backing and support right from the top level of the organization, it ain't going to work because people are going to put that down the priority order list. Um, so absolutely backing uh, from the top level of the organization for whatever you're doing, uh, that's the thing that's going to get you the resources. It's, it, and, and frankly, you know, we've been talking about training and awareness, but unless people know that that training and awareness is something that the board is, is backing, that the board is doing, the board is understanding, the board is behind it, People are going to ignore it, you know. I mean, you know, that's just the way that organizations work. So absolutely backing from the top level in the organization, I think, frankly, that is the most, that is the most important um, thing in, a, in, in an ITRN program. Guys, let's spend some time and talk about myth number three, which states that technology mitigates IT risk. Uh, why do you say that it isn't about technology? Doesn't that go against Symantec's best interest as a technology company? It may seem to, Wendell, but I mean, I think the important thing um, here is that uh, it isn't just about technology. I think that's the important thing. Technology, of course, is important. I mean, it, it's got to be important. It's, it's all about technology in the sense that, it, that it's all about IT, and IT is all about technology. But I, I think that, that, you know, there are two sides to this coin. Actually, we're saying um, it isn't all about technology. It isn't all about technology as in terms of technology providing a magic bullet to solve it, but it isn't all about technology in terms of technology actually being the problem. Um, so uh, some of the uh, research in the report actually comes from a, a, an interesting collaboration that Symantec has been having with, with, with uh, MIT. And uh, what what we've been doing is looking at some real incidents with, with, with MIT um, uh, that have happened to, to, to real organizations. So not just people's perceptions about incidents, but real incidents. And what we find there is that 53% that of the, the incidents, the serious IT incidents that, 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 that people have experienced, are, are down to uh, actual failures of process. So it isn't a result of, of, of a technology failure. It's a result of a process failure. So, you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about IT risk management is actually a, a combination of doing technology, yes, of course, 
but also you've got to do the process. You've got to get the process right. And, you know, as we've been talking about, you know, perhaps too long already, uh, the, the education, the, the awareness, the people. So it's, it's technology, but it's also process and it's also people. Those three things have got to be balanced. We've talked about a holistic um, approach to IT risk management. That holistic uh, approach has got to incorporate technology, yes, but also people and process. So I think that, that's, really, that's really what we mean uh, when we say that. There isn't a technology magic bullet. It's no use going out saying, right, I will buy this new piece of technology. That will solve my problems. It won't. You know, we, sh we, we show that in the report. The, the problems are caused by failures of process, um, you know, even more than they're caused by failures of technology. Real quick, I've heard you guys mention MIT a couple of times during the podcast already. Uh, would either of you mind telling us a little bit more about that relationship? We've been working with uh, um, a couple of guys uh, in the MIT Center for Information Research um, to, to look at, uh, as I said, some of these, these real incidents. So. What, what they've actually been doing is uh, going out and, and, and interviewing uh, people who've been involved in mitigating uh, and managing um, incidents that, that, are, that have happened in, in, uh, in real organizations, um, uh, you know, that have been associated with, with their IT systems. So it's, um, they've, they've done this by uh, a series of interviews to tease out the, the, the causes and origins and the way that these incidents have been dealt with. And that really has, uh, in a sense, um, put into a perspective of reality some of the perceptions that we're talking about uh, in, the, in the surveys in the report. Darren, I'll throw this next question to you. Uh, so when is the right time to make technology decisions as part of an IT risk mitigation strategy? Well, as Jeremy said, te technology does form a, um, you know, a cornerstone um, of any successful IT risk mitigation strategy is, is just not the first thing you should do. So so I would say that you know, once you've properly assessed your risk, you've taken that very comprehensive approach to, to risk assessment, you've talked to your business about the risk that you found, you've, in, in partnership with your business, you've prioritised them, you've started to communicate those at board level so people are aware of the risks that, that, that need to be mitigated, the potential exposures that exist. You perhaps group them into common areas so that you can start to find some some, uh, some commonality in, in solutions, etc. Then I think the right time will come, um, and um, actually the technology making decisions should be made very easy at that point because you're very clear not only about what risks exist, but you're very clear via your um, business communication as to uh, what the acceptable level of risk is for that for that business or that given business unit. And, and that should make your technology decisions much easier, uh, which, which I would have thought surely is a, is a good thing. It's, it's never easy uh, necessarily making um, the right technology decisions. So I think it's in the best interest, uh, ultimately, of the technologists as well as the business to, to hold out on those technology decisions until you've probably, uh, you know, properly assessed and prioritised and communicated the risks that, that are in your business right now. All right, and myth number four states that IT risk management is a science. Uh, Darren, why don't you give us your thoughts and, and go into some detail about this myth? Certainly, yeah, this is an interesting area. We, we uh, again, we, this is something we've not only seen borne out in the data that, that comes through the survey, but also out there in the field and as a, as a working.
marketing consultant, I'm I'm often asked to provide the you know the silver bullet that's going to solve everybody's IT risk management problems overnight. And uh, yeah, I guess not surprisingly, I don't have that silver bullet. I I don't feel terrible about that though. I don't think anybody else does either. Um, this is this is an emerging discipline. Um, I think IT risk management as a as a subject in the way that we've been describing. It's probably only two or three years old, really, as a, as a piece of subject matter. Symantec, um, in, its, in its various guises within consulting and education, also in its product areas, um, has, has been doing a lot of work in the last two years to um, you know, bring products to market, um, develop intellectual property, develop new services, new approaches and best practices, um, etc. But um, and, and you know, there are a lot of other people out there doing the same sorts of things. Um, it's going to be some time, we think, before this is uh, regarded as a science, and there is and, and, and there is a you know a book of best practice on how to do this properly. I, I suspect this might be an area where that never actually occurs, because I think this is, in a lot of ways, I find in interaction with our clients that, that IT risk is a very, in some ways, personal thing um, to to an organisation. Um, everybody's risks are slightly different. Every business culture is slightly different. Everybody would like to take a slightly different approach to the problem, and so I'm not necessarily sure there'll, there'll ever be a silver bullet. So the final myth in, in, in the uh, the report that we're trying to dispel here is is we, we, I guess we're trying to discourage people from from a quick fix and uh, encourage them to to really just do some of the things that we've been talking about. You know, um, approach assessment intelligently, prioritise risk before spending money on them, educate people appropriately take some of those industry best practices that, that do exist and are out there and, and synthesize some of those so that uh, yeah, you, you, you orchestrate a best practice that suits your particular problem uh, and your particular uh, risk environment. Um, but but don't, don't really believe anybody that tells you they've got the silver bullet here because it really doesn't exist. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that, uh, Darren. I think uh, certainly, you know, I, I go around uh, a lot of conferences there are a lot of people involved in in, uh, in risk management of uh, one kind or another, and I can tell you that if you've got 50 people involved in risk assessment, risk management sitting around the room, they will have 50 different ways of doing it. Um, so you know, it's it, it, it's something that isn't a science. Whether it ever becomes a science, I don't know. It may do, but certainly not perhaps in the next couple of years. So it, it, it's something that, uh, as Darren said, you've got to you've got to find out your your own way of doing it. You, you've got to do what what suits your organisation best. Uh, you've got to take a pragmatic approach to it. Uh, take what you uh, you know what works for you from all those good practices out there. We'd like to thank you for downloading and listening to part two of our three-part podcast on volume two of the Symantec IT Risk Management Report. You can download a full copy of the report or listen to the other two segments of our podcast by visiting www.symantech.com forward slash risk report. And for more Symantec podcasts, visit us at www.symantech.com forward slash podcast. Symantec, confidence in a connected world. <laughs>